Welcome to the Humanity Matters Podcast, where we discuss and reflect on faith and philosophy, nonprofit leadership, and social issues. We want to engage ideas on what it means to be a free human being in the pursuit of human flourishing. For more information, visit our website, philipfletcher.org. And now, the Humanity Matters Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Humanity Matters Podcast. I am your host, Philip D. Fletcher. Hey, connect with me on my website, Philip. That's two L's. Fletcher.org. Also, you can find me over on YouTube. A lot of great content over there. Or if you just want to send me an email, connect with me. Humanity Matters podcast at gmail.com humanity matters podcast at gmail.com so today i want to talk about ideas i love ideas it's important to interrogate the idea not necessarily the person i get it when you're sitting across a table with somebody or you're reading out of a book, or you've got a digital book, or you're hearing some type of content as you're working out, just like you're hearing me, right? You want to ask questions about what is being communicated. What is this idea? Like, what do they mean by said idea? You know, how is it being backed up? Has somebody offered like a competing idea or perspective about what I am reading or what I am listening to or what I'm watching on this video? Like, I love that type of stuff regarding ideas. And one of the reasons why is ideas are powerful. Ideas are powerful. You know, an idea that can be put forward can move the earth out of the center of the universe and put that planet in its proper perspective. That's what happened, right? An idea about how human beings can be viewed, right, can initiate great compassion in the lives of people to respond to a particular human experience. But equally, an idea about a group of people that is uh, cast in such a way can cause the deaths of millions of people. It can lead to conflicts within a group or within uh, a nation or across the world. So I'm thinking about like World War II, right? I'm thinking about the Civil War, right? Ideas are powerful. So it's important that when we hear something presented, that we do some hard work. We do some uh, mental work, some mental gym work to say, you know what? 
I'm going to embrace that idea or I'm going to, you know, modify that idea and put my perspective out there or we need to, as individuals, as, an, as groups, do a wholesale rejection of the idea. Now, we live in America. And one of the beautiful things about America is the freedom to have ideas, but also the freedom to present those ideas, okay, in the public square, okay? Now, there are some ideas, okay, if you take them to their logical conclusion, can lead to a whole lot of problems, okay? We're in that discussion right now, right? And how do we respond to not just the ideas, but also how said ideas are carried out and the impact that they can have on individuals and our nation as a whole. Now, I am of the persuasion because of the First Amendment. I want to hear all ideas. I want to be able to engage with uh, the most, you know, nominal idea to the one that could have catastrophic consequences, right? Why? Because I don't want to look up one day. And because that idea has been suppressed, marginalized, you know, pushed to the margins that all of a sudden, you know, we wake up and catastrophe happens and you're like, where did that come from? Right? So the more awareness that we have about a variety of ideas, whether it's in politics, economics, religion, you know, how to interact with kids, how to interact with someone who is suffering, uh, foreign issues, things like that. The more awareness we have ideas and the more people can be involved in the interrogation of those ideas, I believe it's in my estimation, it's one of the greatest protections to our freedom. And uh, as my friend Caleb Bryan puts out, not just freedom, but also liberty. So Thomas Sowell, great economist, who just came out with a book, Charter Schools and Their Enemies. I suggest you check it out. He published a book back in the day about intellectuals. Intellectuals and society. And uh, he helped me over the past few years really hone in how to engage different ideas. Don't dismiss them, right? But when someone or a group puts out something in some f medium, whether it's through the written word or spoken word, right? Whether it's on video, it's on, you know, blogs now, all different types of social media platforms. I want to pay attention to that. Okay. I want to pay attention to the ideas. I want to be able to understand <laughs> where we have commonalities and then where we diverge. And so one of the first things I want to ask myself, and I and I hope this is helpful to you, and we're going to go through a couple of these. 
um, is what does the idea mean? Okay. I want to ask myself, what does the idea mean? What is he or she communicating? Okay. I want to be as informed as possible as to what the idea means. The second thing I want to do is, well, what are the facts? So, you know, I have the idea that the sky is blue. Okay. Well, somebody should ask me, well, what are the facts? What is the evidence, the empirical evidence that you're pointing to, to defend your idea that the sky is blue, right? So when I'm reading about an idea, the next thing I want to ask myself is, well, what are the facts? What is the information that uh, this individual, this group is putting forward in order to justify their particular idea. Now, I'm not at the point of agreement or disagreement. I'm simply in the information gathering phase of this. All right. Hey, when we get back, we will continue to uh, talk about how it's important to interrogate the idea and not necessarily the person now a word from our sponsor hey what's up everybody it's dr philip fletcher welcome back to the humanity matters podcast we are talking about interrogating the idea not the person men and women are made in the image and likeness of god right we have dignity we have worth we have value our hope is that those ideas that men and women present in the public square would correspond to that dignity and worth and value that the idea that that men and women would present would uh, affirm the dignity and worth of their neighbors now we know looking at history looking at the development of nations the interactions between groups of people and interactions within groups, that is not necessarily always the case. So it's important that we interrogate the ideas. Why? Because ultimately at the height, it is um, an opportunity for us to engage in uh, intellectual exercises that would hopefully guard that dignity and worth of human beings. So we've talked about what does the idea mean, right? What are those facts? Obviously, when we look at an idea, we want to look at this proposed idea and ask ourselves, is there any incoherence in this idea that I'm listening to or reading? All right. If they have multiple ideas that they are putting forward, how are these sub ideas relating to the larger idea? You know, when we talk about gathering facts about what are they using to justify the validity of this idea? You know, history can serve as an ally to you to present to critique, excuse me, to critique uh, the idea that you're engaging with, right? So let's remember, right? There's nothing new under the sun. 
a lot of ideas are just remixed, right? Recontextualized because a particular society or time period. But typically there's nothing new under the sun, especially in regards to human beings and the ideas that they're putting forward. So uh, historical patterns, okay, they can establish a great sample size, if you will, uh, about a particular idea and its impact in different societies. That's something to look at. If we have an, an idea that's repeatedly occurring, right? Now, it may have a different name. Uh, it may have some nuance to it. But at the bottom, it's pretty much the, the, the same, okay? You can look at other periods of time, geographies and, and cultures, and see the impact of this idea or its cognates, all right? The next thing you should ask yourself is, well, is there a competing idea, right? Is there a competing idea? For instance, you had uh, the presentation of Marxism. You have the competing idea. Well, Marxism is critique of capitalism, um, but it's competing idea about the free markets and capitalism, right? So... Not only should you, you know, get familiar, at least with the basics of the idea, but also the competing idea. Asking yourself, are there premises, values that both of these competing ideas hold? You may be surprised. Like when you look at capitalism, Marxism, for instance, right? Both of them are concerned about productivity. Both of them are concerned about the movements of goods from one individual to another, right? So they agree on that and the importance of that. Where they diverge is, you know, obviously for capitalism is free markets. Uh, in theory, um, that, you know, other entities would not be involved in their interactions between individuals in the an exchange of goods and services, you know, for Marxism, right? It's more involvement through a institution, central planning, so on and so forth, right? All that to say, uh, we're not here to, to get into the weeds uh, about those two ideas. But we want to ask ourselves is, is there a competing idea? And so familiarizing yourself about that. The next thing that is helpful, okay, is asking yourself, what will this idea cost in the real world, right? Everything looks good on paper, right? You could make a excellent TED talk about a particular idea and it's still in the abstract, right? It's moved from an individual's head and heart, right? They've done the work. They've made a great presentation, you know, it's delivered well, it's real engaging. People get up and they're like, oh, that's awesome. They're giving claps. But the the other side of it is where the, the rubber meets the road is what will this idea cost in the real world? Now, when I'm saying cost, I'm talking about not just the financial cost, but what about the social cost? 
Uh, again, who's running in the background in this podcast tonight is uh, Thomas Sowell and his book, Intellectuals and Society, who's helped me think through these things. And so when we're talking about real world costs, right? Yeah, we got to look at the economic, right? Also, we got to look at the social. One of the things we have to ask ourselves is um, there are trade-offs. And so what are what are we willing to trade? What is this idea asking me to give up in the real world, right? What is this idea asking me to give up individually, as a city, as a religious group, as a political entity, you know, as an entrepreneur, as someone who runs a business or, or leads a nonprofit or a religious institution, you got to ask yourself, what is going to be the real world cost? I think a lot of times we hear an idea and we just run, right? We take the leap and don't realize, oh, shoot, I took a leap, but I don't know if I didn't get a parachute. Um, I didn't check to see whether there was a bridge I'm about to jump onto, Um If I take this leap, I'm about to land on some ground that's not too much further than the from the place in which I jumped. Right. So we we have to ask ourselves, what will this idea cost me and us in the real world? And I bet if we began asking that kind of question, we would um, move away from some ideas and move towards some other ideas. And then finally, you got to ask, what is the impact on individuals? Now, again, I'm getting a little deeper because I said, you know, what is the cost in the real world? But really, how is this going to affect you? So look at all the ideas that are being presented today in our nation. Or look at the ideas that's being presented uh, where you live locally. Ask yourself and be real about it, right? Ask yourself, how is how what how is this going to impact me and my family? And and am I willing, before asking anybody else, am I willing to absorb the impact of this? Right? And if you if if you come to the end after asking about what does the idea mean, what are the facts, what are the competing ideas, you know, looking at the cost. And looking at what you as an individual are rating, willing to trade, right? So that this idea can move into reality. When you come to that end point, right? Then it's incumbent upon you, you know, be a quote unquote evangelist for that idea. Only if you are willing and you've done the work. Um, to understand that idea as best as you can. And, you know, hey, it's the 21st century, it's 2021. We've got more information available to us than the King of England did. All right? Hey, not to be like, you have more access than the King of England did. You have more access than George Washington, right? You have more access today to information, research, history than your predecessors. So we don't have an excuse, right? So let's do the hard work of interrogating the idea 
not the person. And we're interrogating the idea. Why? Because at the end, we want to see human beings flourish. We want to see the affirmation of their dignity and worth. Not the giving of their dignity and worth, but the affirmation of their dignity and worth. See right there? I just offered you an idea, right? I believe in the affirmation of the dignity and worth of human beings, meaning it's already present and there. No entity is giving dignity and worth to me. That's my idea. Now, there are others who who come from the persuasion that entities give dignity and worth, rights, freedoms, liberties to individuals. Hey, there's some work for you to do. Hey, thanks for joining me on the Humanity Matters podcast. I will catch you soon. Thank you for joining us on the Humanity Matters podcast. For more information, visit our website, philipfletcher.org. Like us on YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Remember to be loved, be kind, be generous. And if we remember to live in hope, we can do the impossible.